630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Nazem Kadri of the Toronto Maple Leafs, a three-game suspension. You remember he got that charging major against the Boston Bruins last night in Toronto's Game 1 loss in Boston. So a three-game suspension for Kadri of the Maple Leafs. Playoff action tonight, Philadelphia leading Pittsburgh 1-0 early in the second period. Oh, they just scored again, make it 2-0. Gostas Bear scored on the power play with 37 seconds left in the first period. Couturier scores 47 seconds into the second period. So Flyers 2, Penguins nothing in Game 2. Of course, Pittsburgh took the opener 7-zip. Wild and Jets are scoreless with five minutes left in the first period. Kings and Golden Knights coming up later on tonight. Vegas up one nothing in that series. Tough start for the Blue Jays. They give up two in the first, two in the second. Cleveland leading the game 4-0. That's in the bottom the third Western Hockey League playoffs tonight. Brandon is in Lethbridge. Lethbridge has a chance to finish it off in Game 5. Swift Current takes on Moose Jaw. That series tied at 2. And the late game, Portland at Everett. Everett is up 3 games to 1. AJHL final starts tonight in Okotoks. The Oilers hosting the Spruce Grove Saints. That game starts in an hour. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Ched, if you'd like to get in touch, the phone number is 780-496-0063. You can text 630 630, the email inside sports at 630ched.com. Oh, I got to mention this uh, as well. We won't have an update because the game doesn't start until 8 o'clock, but the Lacombe Generals are in the Allen Cup semifinal tonight in Rosetown, taking on Elsa Pogtog. That's a team from, uh, that's the Atlantic team. The other semifinal between Stony Creek and uh, Southeast. We'll have an update for that one a little bit later on. Okay, so news today. One of the winningest coaches in NHL history, Ken Hitchcock, has retired, finished his career with the Dallas Stars. 22 seasons behind an NHL bench, 823 wins, third all-time to Scotty Bowman and Joel Quenville. And, of course, he coached early in his career in the Western Hockey League, the Kamloops Blazers, and one of his players was our own Rob Brown. Rob, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, Reed, and how are you? I'm doing very well. Man, you must have been uh, you must have been pretty pleased with that seven nothing score the other night, eh? Your old Penguins over the Flyers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was really excited, other than the fact that my son has four Penguins in his pool against me, so he beat me nine nothing that night. So <laughs> that part soured me a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, I I was I was hoping for a better. A better game. I thought that was going to be an incredible series. So hopefully the Philadelphia Flyers figure out their goaltending issues before they play their next game or it'll be a pretty short one. Yeah, well, nowhere to go but up, I guess, after. I mean, the Oilers lost a game 7 nothing last year and won the series, right? So it doesn't mean it's over, but given how people thought that one might go, it uh, kind of looked bad on the Flyers for sure. Hey, uh, Rob, wanted to get you on tonight uh, because a guy who meant a lot to your hockey career, and, and I know who you had some uh, interesting times with, especially when you guys were with the Kamloops Blazers, Ken Hitchcock uh, stepping away from uh, coaching today. I mean, you, you would have been pretty young, like uh, pro- what, probably 16 or 17 when you first met Hitch? Uh, yeah, I was played from for three years a junior, so I was 16, 17, and 18 with him in junior. Uh, he, he meant a lot to me, me and my career. He uh, he's the one that really had belief in me. He, he taught me uh, a lot about the game, both on and off the ice. 
when he, when he had me, I was a defenseman. He's the one that moved me up to the forward in my third year of junior. So uh, a lot of the credit to, to the success that I've had in my career obviously goes to, to Hitch and, and having him in my formative years playing junior hockey. Now, he could be pretty intense, though. I mean, weren't there some times he may have... How can I say this uh, mildly? Where he expressed displeasure with your attitude and or performance? <laughs> oh, he, he always expressed displeasure with me. I was always doing something wrong. Uh, there was one, I remember, he, it was the day of a game, a uh, playoff game, and in the morning skate, uh, he started. He was mad at us, so he started bag skating us. And I yelled something. I was the captain. I yelled my displeasure. He stopped the practice and looked at me and said, what did you say? And I had two ways of going. I could cower and lie, or I could stand up and be a man and admit what I said, and I did. And he skated as fast as he could, and he was a big man in junior. And he skated as fast as he belly bucked me right into the boards, and I swore every bone in my body broke. And he, told, he kicked me off the team, he said, you're done. And I had to walk across the street. My dad was the GM, and I walked into the office, and dad's like, what are you, what are you doing? Why aren't you on the ice? Hitch kicked me off the team. So then my dad and I had to walk back across the ice to Hitch. He goes, Hitch, you can't kick him off the team, Hitch. Well, why is that? Well, I'm the GM. He's my son, for one. Two, he's our best player. And three, I think he might be overacting a little bit. So I remember after the next day after the game, I had to wash all the seats at the Memorial Arena in Camels with a toothbrush. That was my punishment. So. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hitch, Hitch is a good man. We have, we've spent uh, many a day together, many storytelling nights together. When he was in, I can't remember where he was at the time. It might have been Philadelphia or Dallas. And he flew to Chicago to spend Christmas with my father and I. And uh, he, he was a cartoon character, is what he was. He was bigger than life. The stories were bigger than life. And uh, the game of hockey was very, very fortunate to have had him in it. And hopefully he'll stay around and still be part of it, if not in the coaching ranks. You, you know, you, you guys had some good teams, obviously, in, in Kamloops. Was this was this because Hitch, uh, as a motivator, do you think had an edge on other coaches? As a tactician, had the edge on other coaches. What what kind of made him successful and, and made you guys good year after year? Well, I think first of all, when it came to knowing the game, I don't know if there was any better. I don't think anyone could dissect the game as well as Hitch could. Uh, as a motivator, he was uh, he was different. I, I think this is why he struggles nowadays with the new type of uh, player, the new type of kid that are around. He, he, would, he would pit players against players. He would, have the, he would call out the stars and get the, 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 the third and fourth liners, fifth, sixth, seventh defensemen, and challenge the stars with those guys in practice. He would call out uh, certain players. They've got to be better and show me why, why they have to be better. So he, he was very, very hard on players. And you had to have a strong backbone to play for him. And if you did, the success you found was incredible. But I think as you got into, as you get further along now in the way that players are nowadays and the way money is nowadays in the National Hockey League, there's a shelf life for coaches like that. And unfortunately, the shelf life seems to get shorter and shorter. And I think that's one of the reasons Hitch, Hitch's message probably doesn't get through to the players now as it did before. I mean, there was a fear factor. You were scared of Hitch. But uh, I'm not sure the, the fear factor is there anymore. Rob Brown joining us on Inside Sports. You know, 
Rob, you mentioned that he was kind of a cartoon character almost, that he was, you know, a larger-than-life figure. And look, part of Hitch's story is his is his size and his struggle with, with weight. I mean, I, I know it, maybe it's a kind of a tough thing to talk about, but that was something, and he talked about it at times, probably more earlier in his career. Um, you know, he was a big guy, and when you go into junior rinks, uh, sometimes fans are right on top of you. Sometimes they don't say the nicest things. Like, did, did he have to deal with stuff like that because of his weight? And, and how did he deal with it? Well, he, he, he always dealt with it head on. And he wasn't fearful of his weight. I, I mean, there were mirrors in his house. He knew exactly, exactly how big he was. I remember we used to play in Saskatoon. And they always waited till he was halfway across the ice because the coaches had to walk across the ice. As soon as he got halfway across, they started playing the great A&W root beer song. And every step he took, they played it. And when he stopped, the music stopped. And he was at the point where he couldn't go forward, he couldn't go back, and he was stuck out there. Another time in New Westminster, the stands were behind the benches, and we had glass behind the, our benches to separate the fans and the players. There's a game where he was doing the herky-jerky on the bench, and you're turning like, what is he doing? There was two guys with fishing rods over top of the back of the glass with donuts on the end of the gla- on the end of the fishing rod and they were just putting it into his peripheral vision and there's Hitch on the bench trying to grab the donuts off the fishing rod and he got them there's no way you were going to deny him that donut but that's the type of stuff that he he dealt with and he dealt with it in a a, a funny way and he also dealt with it publicly I know that in Camels at one point he went on a diet and every pound he lost money was donated to the United Way and I think he altered the scales a little bit to help create more money for the United Way because I'm not sure he lost the amount of weight that he was saying that he lost but I do give him credit though when he got to the National Hockey League um, I don't know if it's it ever made public or anything but I do believe that there were clauses at the beginning of his career in his contracts that he had to get his weight down to be able to, to stay in the, the coaching ranks and he did and he, and he did for a long long time so when uh he understood that it was a health issue, and it was uh, something that's an appearance issue where, that, you know what, if you're going to be around these young men and want them to be in the top physical shape, you obviously have to look after yourself well, and he did. And he got because of that, he got the opportunity to be one of the greatest coaches the NHL ever saw. Yeah, definitely, uh, you know, a great coach. And I really got the inter- the opportunity to interview him a couple of times, but very, uh, very good to deal with, very professional and uh, enjoyed. And, I mean, he's still going to talk about the game of hockey, but as a coach, he certainly just loved uh, talking hockey with, with whoever was there for sure. Rob, obviously you and I uh, are on air after every uh, Oilers game, breaking down what happened. Wasn't a great year. There's been... A lot of year-end media availabilities this this week. I, I don't think I missed one today, thankfully. Um, Peter Shirelli is going to be back as GM. There's absolutely zero commitment to any member of the coaching staff, uh, which I find uh, which I find interesting. They're talking a lot about evaluation. We certainly know, uh, I think, the the troubles that the coaching staff had this year, specifically with uh, with special teams and the power play never really got good. I mean, when when you hear that that there, there's not a lot of commitment here to the coaches at this point, uh, where does that take you? Well, I think it takes us right back to where we were a month left in the season. I think you and I, we were asked that a number of times at the end of the 
the, the year as the year wound down, who's going to be fired, who's going to be traded, who's going to be let go. And we, I think to a man, said that we believe that Shirelli will be back. We believe that Todd McClellan will be back. And we'll believe, we believe that some of the assistants will be changed. And I still believe that today. Uh, obviously, Shirelli is back. I believe that if Todd was gone, that he would have been gone by now. I don't know uh, what more of an evaluation you need. I mean, you just had three years. You just had 82 games to watch him. So I think that uh, he will be back, and there will be changes in the, in the assistant coaches' ranks. And I don't know which ones will be moved on. I know that there's rumors. I, I read some today, Jim Johnson, but again, those are just rumors. But I do believe that... Uh, there will be changes with the assistant coaches, but I, I, I believe that Todd will be back and Todd and Peter will be given another opportunity to get back to where they were last year. All right. Well, it's always interesting to watch. There's, uh, it's been a very interesting week for sure. Rob, thanks for coming on. I, I know you and I will keep uh, chatting here throughout the playoffs, and uh, we'll see how, how your Penguins, if they can keep scoring without you in the lineup. That's the big question going forward for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they've really struggled the last couple of years. <laughs> see you soon, Rob. Take care. That is Rob Brown checking in tonight, our Inside the Game analyst for our Oilers broadcast here on 6.30, Chad, and, of course, former player under Ken Hitchcock, not just in the WHL, but a little bit in the minors, too. Uh, great memories there, great stories about Hitchcock and good perspective on why he was be able to be such a successful coach for so long, though Rob saying uh, maybe eventually that style of coaching has run its course. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken bringing down south comfort food to Edmonton with southern classics and other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com or visit them in person. They're at 124th Street, 107th Avenue. That Doritos mac and cheese is outstanding. All right, we'll update the NHL games. Time for your feedback as well. 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Nothing Flyers leading the Penguins. 11 minutes left in the second period. No score. Wild and Jets now after one. We'll keep you updated throughout the show. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. Remember, uh, we will have the Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Final here uh, on Ched later on in the playoffs. We do that every spring for you. And first Eskimos broadcast coming up on May 27th. Already looking forward to that. My name is Reed Wilkins. We have Elvis, one of our regular dudes, calling in tonight. Hey, Elvis. Hey, Reed. How you doing, bud? Pretty good. Awesome. You know what? I, I, I love listening to the show and all that stuff, and I, I, I loved... I, I listened to the uh, to uh, all three uh, of the Edmonton Oilers uh, head of state, I guess you'd call it, talking from the coach to the general manager to Mr. Mr. to Bobby Nichols, I guess. Uh, yep. Anyway, my biggest thing, the, th- the thing that, that I really love the way... Uh, Todd got up there and kind of owned it and said he's got to look in the mirror first of all and all this other stuff. I wasn't too impressed with Shirelli. Uh, yeah, he pointed out the players were lacking. He pointed out that. But the thing that really depressed me was he didn't seem to think Lucic's speed was all that bad, which I don't I don't even want to get into that. But what really irked me is it just seems like 
after such a terrible season, Reed, it's like they don't own the fans any type of explanation. They'll let us know on their own due time. I just, it just, it bothered me a bit. Maybe I'm overreacting, but I, I, I love that team. I watch, I've, I've been, I've been around for a lot of years. I watch them win Stanley Cups and to see the type of failure they had this year, it's, it's heart wrenching. It's like, it's, it's terrible. You know, Here's a th- you hit on a lot there, Elvis. I'll, I'll say this about Lucic because I, I, he's he's been a fascinating player to watch and talk about this year, and he will be when we get back in the fall. I actually think, of course, he's not a great skater. He's never been a fast guy, but his I thought his hands were more of a detriment than his feet. I mean, how yeah. often did he fumble a pass, miss a pass, miss an open net? I mean, I thought his his hands and his puck handling was his biggest detriment this season, personally. For sure. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I mean, he's he's never been a fast guy. I know there were times he, you know, he, he looked... Well, I mean, there are, even, even last year, which was a better year, there were times he yeah. looked a little slow. But I, I just... He, it looks like he looked like he lost all confidence handling the puck. You know, maybe... I don't know if there's something to it that maybe the coaches need to make sure the center on his line was supporting him a little more on the breakout. I mean, maybe that's another conversation point, but when the puck was on his stick, usually something uh, negative happened, unfortunately. Absolutely. But as far as the management goes, like, like, am I I barking up a dead tree or or what do you think? Like, do do you think that there there could be more more onus out there, like I don't know. I just, I just, well, I just feel like it's lacking. Chirelli's going to be back, so he's going to get yeah. another chance. I don't know what's, and I'll talk about this more after the news. I mean, look, no, nobody on the coaching staff has received or given any type of assurance that they're going to be back or even want to be back. Right. That's very interesting to me. I'll get into that more after the news, Elvis. Thanks a lot for calling. I'm going to keep listening. Okay, Thanks, Reed. I really appreciate it, my friend. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're coming right back. Hi, this is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, so 2-0, Philadelphia leading Pittsburgh. Six minutes left in the second period. Penguins are up 1-0 in the series. Wild and Jets are scoreless after one. Jets have the 1-0 edge in the series. Kings and Vegas coming up later tonight. Baseball, the Blue Jays rally with four in the top of the fourth. Now into the bottom of the fourth in Cleveland. The game is tied 4-4. Western Hockey League playoff action coming up later tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before I go back to the phone lines here, so it's been interesting hearing the, the different principals in the Oilers organization talk about the coaching staff this week. Here's a, a quick question I had for Bob Nicholson, vice chair of OEG, yesterday after he confirmed Peter Shirelli will be back as GM. Bob, you were definitive that Peter Shirelli's returning when it comes to specifically Todd McClellan. Or are you prepared to make that commitment about him as the head coach or are he and his three assistants all up in the air? Yeah, it's all being uh, evaluated at this time. Today I'm just making the announcement that Peter is here and leading that process. Okay, so no no commitment there to not even Todd McClellan as the head coach. Uh, here's a quick snippet from Peter Shirelli on Wednesday. I think Todd is a very good coach, but we're in a period of evaluation right now with him and his staff. Okay, and here's something McClellan said on Monday when he was asked about uh, his assistant coaches being back. That's a level of evaluation that, that we have to get to. Um, 
you know, there's there's an owner, there's a, a, a president, a manager. Uh, it gets all the way down to the head coach, and then we go there. So that there, that's coming. Well, I would ass- I would assume it's here because they're bringing Peter Shirelli back. So he's been evaluated by his higher ups as as good enough to keep the job. So I think we can infer from what McClellan said and other things that happened that they're they're currently on the coaching staff. That's now the period of evaluation. So they haven't committed. I mean, the assistants often change. It's kind of been unusual that the Oilers have had the same staff for the last three years. Usually one assistant goes or gets promoted or goes to be a head coach, maybe some in the minors or something. None of that's happened. So we don't know about that, but we also don't know about the head coach. So we can assume the evaluation is now. Maybe there's some waiting to see what happens with the, the for the Bakersfield Condors uh, season to end here over the weekend. But it, it would seem to me, given the way Todd described that and that now the, the people right above the coaches, the GM, is, is back, that currently it's the coaches being evaluated. And that the, the, the higher-ups in the organization are saying they're, they're not sure if they're going to be all or any are going to be back. We have Darren on the line. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Reed. Just a uh, shuttle to the Humboldt. Yeah, there first, you know, uh, that hits hard. Sure. Know, kids have played, and then just thinking as a parent, right, the person just doesn't realize how, you know, lucky we are. And I know you, didn't you uh, do some uh, games way back? No, I never worked in Humboldt, Darren. No, 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 but in, in another city, another town there. I thought you did when you were younger. Oh, I, well, I did a, a li- very limited amount of play-by-play in Lloydminster, uh, Junior A and Senior AAA, but I, I, I was never actually a play-by-play guy. It was, no, uh, you know what? It yeah. must hit hard for you, eh? You think about that. Well, sure. Well, absolutely. You know? it's, 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 I mean, it's extremely sad. It's hard to even describe or, yeah. or put into words, yeah. Yeah. So I was just, you know, I, I didn't know. I remember you said you did some announcing, but or whatever. But No, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, oh, it's that. all good. Again, I'm coming back. I, 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 me and Brown, I know we kind of disagree, but I still think uh, McClellan, yeah, I think he's done. Um, I think that uh, it's unfortunate, but, I mean, they got to move on. Um, I don't know if it's Gretzky in operations. They use the term of, I don't know, they had some term they're written there that uh, Shirley was talking or um, Nicholson or something about coffee coming back and sitting with Gretzky and all that. I mean, that's just a Gretzky decision there. It's not it's not stirring up the pot or anything. He's probably asking coffee just to come and say, hey, look, what do you think about our D? This, you know, I mean, that, that's all it goes. I mean, we're not going to know. It's just going to come, bang, someone's going to get canned. And I, 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 I just think that... Uh, we're lacking D, right? We need that top D. We need that Doughty. We need that Carlson. We need just one guy at least. Just just enough. You can teach the rest, but right now we've got no one to rely on. And, I mean, on our, on our uh, offensive end, we're, we're, we're sound, man. Like, we, we got good three lines. So, anyway, I just had to say that. And, uh, again, shout out to Humboldt and... Uh, Take care. I'll talk to you later. Okay. See you, Darren. Thanks a lot for calling. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Al is on line two. Good evening, Al. Hey, how you doing, Reed? Yeah, Let's good. Shut my uh, radio off. Give me a second here. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so I've been listening to uh, the press conferences mm-hmm. and everything. Everything lines up to just make an announcement that uh, McClellan and his staff are gone. Um, they have the same team that played during a regular season. They played tough teams, and they beat them. Then they play uh, uh, mediocre teams or lower teams, and they lose with the same lineup. 
So, um, and uh, it looks like, uh, you know, Rangers are looking for a coach and now Dallas. Yep. So I, I don't think it's, you know, unfortunately, as a, you know, I've got coach too. And why did he begin his season? He didn't use like David uh, lost and then near the season went, he started using them more. I know when I have real good players, I use them lots if you want to win. And and so I think down the road, there was neither Sorelli to go or him to go, and I think Dodd's going to go. Just matter of them announcing it, you know. Uh, that's how. Uh, it so you didn't like, think he played uh, McDavid enough? Not at the beginning, but but near the end, he started playing him lots. Well, he played so, him a little uh, less. He, he played, started he pl- playing him. Yeah, he, he played, played him less in November when he was he was sick, right? But I I, I thought yeah, I thought McDavid had a lot of ice time. Yeah, so. that goes into it. everything goes into it. Uh, you know, it's a, it's I think he's gone. I think because remember I remember you guys saying that he came there. He's bringing his assistants, and he's gonna he's gonna die with them and, and bring them along. So he's been with them. How long did he go to San Jose? Seven, six years. Yeah. Well, Jim, Jim wasn't uh, Jim Johnson wasn't with them the whole time, but he's been with Woodcroft going mm-hmm. back to uh, Detroit. So yeah, I, I don't if he's if he's really married to those guys and they want to make a change. I don't know how Todd will react to that. I mean, like I said, I played some of those clips. Al, we're getting very, we're getting in my mind, we're getting v- very vague and very non-committal replies. And I gave Nicholson a chance to say, we like Todd and he's going to be back, but we need new assistance. He wouldn't say that. So sometimes it's what they don't say as much as what they do say. Well, exactly. I think he's going to side with his assistants. You know, uh, um, Todd will. So neither you got to fire me because he won't resign. And then he's got a couple two jobs waiting right now. I'm sure the Rangers will grab him like that. You yeah, know? I'm not sure, and I'm not sure, and I'm not sure if the Oilers make a change at any mm-hmm. level, whether it's head or assistant or both. I mean, are they waiting for the first round to end? You know, because it's kind of been pretty. There wasn't really that Black Monday this year. You know what I mean? Where no, sixty? No. Well, yeah, because of the accident. Yeah. I think they're waiting a bit of time for the accident because he's from that area, and and uh, and then maybe they might have some people in mind. And well, I, it won't be Paul Coffey. It'll be. No, you know, Paul, Paul Coffey, Al, I'm going to tell you something. Paul Coffey will not be on the Oilers coaching staff, and everything I've heard is that he does not want to be. I I think <laughs> he was sent in there to kind mm-hmm. of maybe provide some intel on how they do things and offer an idea or two. Paul Coffey doesn't want to be on an NHL coaching staff, and he doesn't want to live in Edmonton, and not because he doesn't like Edmonton, but his whole life is in Ontario. Yeah, you know, one thing that puzzled me was the power play. You know, uh, you t- you have Rob Brown and all the other guys around the air talking about, uh, you know, how to run a power play in here. We have such a hard time in a power play. Um, you know, so that's, is that the players? Is that the coaching? Is it both? I, I don't, you know. I think it's both, but the coaches ultimately have to take charge of it, right? So that's yeah, a fair Yeah, point. and I think that, you know, a guy in Calgary, he got mad at his team a bit, and he started, you know, getting mad and, you know, showing anger uh, tactics, right, uh, throwing stick in the air or in this crowd. Well, I think some players, I think they need that. And I think, uh, we, well, I think we need that kind of what our team taught us to, uh, to uh, like, do blah, kind of like. And I'm not sure. I'm, really? you know, I, I understand I... he's very, very smart. But I think, you know, I, I'm, I don't know, I think – that they're going to move on. So okay, I, I think Todd and his staff could be could be pretty hard on guys. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll okay. see. Thanks, Al. Okay, thanks a lot. All right, and we also have Gary on the line. Hey, Gary. Hey, 
Oh, hey there, Reed. Uh, I don't think that we need to be talking about uh, Todd McFarland losing his job. Is, is that what you're allowed, like one strike and you're done? I mean, I look at the previous year, and maybe they uh, overachieved, but it was a heck of a run. This is a, a year for a number of reasons, but I definitely think one or more of the assistants should go. You've got to make some changes. Uh, if it's not uh, a bunch of players, then you got to look at the coaching staff. But Todd McFarlane is too good of a coach to only give him one year. Well, I think something. I agree with you that something has to change. You can't bring that full staff back, given some of the shortcomings they had, especially on special teams. I mean, there needs to be like somebody was stubborn in here, Gary. Uh, uh, at least yeah. one coach was probably stubborn, maybe all of them. And, and I think sometimes the players were a little stubborn too. But ultimately, the coaches have to work around that and get them to execute. And, and that wasn't there. And, I mean, the previous caller mentioned ideas Rob had for the power play and all the other pundits. I mean, we just know that it wasn't working, whether you understand the X's or O's or, or not. Uh, I, like I said, I still think Todd is a good coach. The stuff I'm hearing this week makes me – suspicious isn't the right word, but it, but it makes me think something's up. Like, it, you, you know what I mean? I mean, I'm not hearing anybody say – I mean, everybody says Todd worked hard and the assistants work hard. But nobody is saying we believe they have the solutions for next year. I am not hearing that. So, what do you? I mean, how does that make you feel, Gary? I know, like, it makes me feel something's up. Well, I, I agree. I am not a, a Pete Shirelli fan, and it is Shirelli, not Carelli, right? It's Shirelli, yes. There's a certain guy that keeps saying Carelli. Oh, I think I might know him. Uh, yeah, and that drives me to absolute <laughs> distraction. That's okay. Uh, but I, I'm not sold on on, uh, on Pete Chiarelli. I would I would sooner have Todd as a coach than Peter as the GM. Uh, the GM, of course, can, can pull the, the pin on the, on the coach. But you know the the power play. Are we the only team in the league that never seems to have anybody out front, and we can have two guys behind the net? Uh, you know, a Patty Maroon. Uh, uh, Milan Lucic, those guys should be fixtures in front of the net. So they, they were always standing beside the net. So I don't know if yeah, that's them it. thinking that they couldn't tip it or they, there wasn't going to be a shot or if they were being told to not screen. Because they never shot from the point. When they did, they never had a screen. So, like, they're defeating themselves double. Well, they are. We have to have the screen. We could bring uh, Ryan Smith's butt back into the, <laughs> into the game. How many did he get in off various parts of his body? Right. We need that, and we need, obviously, we need the big shot from the point. Uh, th- those are the givens, and I, uh, it's an off year for a bunch of guys. Lutic could rebound nicely. Uh, I, I hope in my heart of hearts Patty Maroon is back, and, uh, and we'll go from there. All right. Thanks, Gary. We'll have Travis on the line next at 646 Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. So Nazem Kadri of the Toronto Maple Leafs, three-game suspension for that five-minute major against the Boston Bruins last night. NHL action this evening after two. Flyers up two zip on the Penguins. Gostas Bear and Couturier have the goals. Wild and Jets are scoreless with 12 minutes left in the second period. Winnipeg up one nothing in that series. Uh, quick text here to 6.30, 6.30. 
this texter says, Good evening, Reed. I'm happy Peter Shirelli is staying. He has a winning track ref- record. If Washington is out after the first round, their coach will get fired. Edmonton should go after him. We need someone with go energy and motivation. Travis says, I don't think they will fire McClellan. I mean, they're thinking about it. I mean, if they're thinking about it, they have to realize he's a top-tier coach. So what other coach will you replace him with? Big L says, I can't see how the Oilers would get rid of McClellan. He had something to do with how the team struggled, but hiring a new coach just doesn't make sense to me. And the big case says, Reed, gas for... 115.4 at Husky 38th Avenue and Millwoods Road East. Well, I believe that's the first gas price text I've had in almost five years of hosting Inside Sports. We're breaking new ground tonight, everybody. I was going to say Bob Layden gets those all the time. In and, the you were, and you were going to stay home and read a book on Friday, but instead you listen to Inside Sports and experience something new. Hello, Travis. How are you? Hey. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say... Uh, you know, the coaching staff, I don't think it's all on them. Like, Shirelli, you know, he made some big mistakes. And uh, sure, the P, the PK is a little bit bad. But uh, the, the power play, they don't have the right people in the right positions. We need that offensive uh, right shot defenseman at the very top in the center or, or to the right with McDavid feeding him passes and then have that other option on the left circle. And if you looked at JP when he played uh, over in Carpat. Yep. He was doing those one-timers over there. Like, they got to have someone, like, practicing that and having that. We only have, what, we have JP and Sharone for that now? We got rid of Latest too. It's a, but we need we need right shot guys that can work on that power play. As for the PK, I think we're too young. We're too we're too young as a team now that he keeps shedding. Like, we got rid of Maroon and Latest too. Like, w- that doesn't work. We, we, we did that for how many years? Trying to stay young and go with all young. We need to wash in more good bets for a good power our penalty kill and then better positioning for the, the power play. Well, the PK got a lot better, as I'm sure you know, right? It was 91% after the middle of February, the final 27 games. So that it did do better. Fair comment, though. There were struggles. Uh, the power play is an interesting one for me, Travis. Um, I mean, late in the season, so they gave Bear some time. You know, Matt Benning played on the power play a bit as a rookie. He he didn't get as many opportunities this past year. Uh, Benning has shown a willingness to shoot the puck, so I I don't know if he could be, you know, a guy used on the power play unit. And I and I know he's not, you know, whoever Shea Weber back there. But they they have to change something about the power play, and and I think it's, I think it's more than just the personnel, Travis. Like I think the the. The coach has got to take some or a lot of ownership and responsibility for the failings there because it was the same setup over and over again that kept not working. And it was the same lack of shooting. So fine. I mean, if I I know he's Connor McDavid, but if he's not shooting or passing to guys who, who will shoot, then put Nuge on the half wall. You know what I mean? Like some, some. You need that right to... shot guy, though. You know yourself, like you, the way you're, the way you're positioning there. That we have so many good guys that are all lefty. Um, I have one more comment, and it's a few key pieces that he has to move on in the summer. As I mean, as Torelli would be, uh, we got to either go after John Carlson or Green and try to 
after this bad year, try to get Sakara to wave. I know he's a good defenseman. Maybe someone will want him, but this would be a perfect time to ask maybe some of these no-move no clause contracts to maybe wave and free up the space and pay the premium because we have no one sitting in the minors that's offensive right shot other than Baird. Is he our savior? We need someone really good, a high-end talent. And uh, and also one more guy for Dreisaitl. He needs someone to play with. I'm thinking a left-shot playmaker. The best one that I could think of would be Domi. Try to make a move, Yamamoto or something for Domi. Oh, really? I know he was on the block down there. Well, yeah, they could use another top six winger. I mean, I think if you had because dry, dry and dry side. Here's the thing: Dry, dry Seidel got frustrated when he wasn't on McDavid's line. I thought, especially late in the year. So yeah, I mean, definitely. now that's part of it. He has to still, he has to still have the attitude that he's going to play the same way no matter what. I think, but yeah, I mean, I, I part of me can understand the frustration because um, he would pass to Kajul or Aberg and nothing would happen. So I, I, I watched Omi a bit, and he's a good playmaker on that left side, and that's what Drysaddle likes a playmaker on his left side, especially a lefty, you know, with McDavid. Uh, I think that would work good, but, but yeah, that's get all I'm saying. Goals but this season, he only had like ten goals. I think he had a really bad year. Uh, he got but nine, forty assists, nine goals, thirty six assists, eighty two games. Assists, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, Travis. Thanks. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can also text uh, six thirty six thirty. Uh, this texter says uh, it's the whole effort was too overblown with the expectations from the media and the fans. Uh, now move on from it. No coaching change, only an attitude change. Well, you know, I, I did find I've been thinking a lot about some of the comments this week because I, I'm getting this. I'm just getting a weird vibe from some of the stuff that's going on. And and Peter Shirelli came out and said we talked a lot about managing the expectations. And he said a lot of the issues were mental and we didn't pass well enough and we didn't transition the puck out of our own end well enough. We didn't support well enough. So does does that come back to Shirelli criticizing the coaching? Because for the most part, he said he thought the players were okay. So is, is Shirelli saying we had these shortcomings that, that, that weren't corrected? that some players were able to do the year before. Was was that Shirelli, maybe inadvertently or unintentionally, re- revealing that he wasn't happy with, with some of the coaching standards and, and coaching practices? This is just me. Maybe I'm reading too much of into this because I've been sitting here interviewing and talking about this all week, but I'm just wondering about that as well. 7 o'clock news coming up. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.